The Midnight Podcast is proudly sponsored by Clayboy Shave Ice. Looking for a refreshing Hawaiian-style treat that will also satisfy your sweet tooth? Clayboy's offers catering for birthday parties, farmer's markets, living facilities, and school-sponsored events. Be sure to check out Clayboy Shave Ice on Instagram or Clayboy's Prints on Instagram for custom merchandise. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 9 of the Midnight Podcast. Today is Sunday, January 30th, 2022. I'm your host, Luke McClister, and as always, I'm joined here with my co-host, Ben Spector. How's it going, Ben? Really good, Luke. How are you? Pretty good. So, we got pretty interesting episode today. We got some recaps, as always, and we got an interview. We do have an interview. So, let's get right into recap, yeah, Ben. Let's just get her moving. So on the 27th, Thursday the 27th, correct? Mm-hmm. Boys and girls swimming and diving, we had a meet against Brunswick, and both boys and girls came out with a win. Picked up the dub. Final score of boys was Middletown winning 135 to Brunswick's 38, and the final of girls was Middletown winning 139 to Brunswick's 30. Then on Thursday as well, basketball, both boys and girls, they had games versus Governor Thomas Johnson. Um, boys were home, girls were away. Do you want to take that, Ben? Yes. So on JV boys' side, Governor Thomas Johnson won that one. The JV girls at Governor Thomas Johnson, final score there was 32-22 Patriots. Varsity boys' basketball beat Governor Thomas Johnson, or I'm sorry, lost to Governor Thomas Johnson, 82-31, to and then Varsity Girls Basketball beat Governor Thomas Johnson, 46-38. to Then moving on to Friday. Um, A lot of snow. Yes. So we have some cancellations here. Lots of cancellations. So Boys and Girls Indoor Track were supposed to have the 2021-2022 Central Maryland Conference Championships, also known as CMCs, mm-hmm. that was canceled Friday, and we don't know if that's even going to be rescheduled. Do it, we? It is not going to be rescheduled. It's not it's, going it's to be rescheduled. Yep. Sadly. Very, very disappointing. Yes, and then wrestling at Hammond. They were supposed to have a tournament, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. The first day was canceled, and then Saturday, for whatever reason. FCPS canceled all activities until that we're going to start before noon. Noon, yeah. So the wrestling tournament Saturday, since it was a two-day tournament, was supposed to start at 9 a.m. And since it started at 9 a.m. and not noon, the tournament was canceled. And actually, so it wasn't – the tournament wasn't canceled. Middletown had to drop out. Oh. Middletown had to drop out because – if FCPS. You, yes, it, because of FCPS. If you go to Herald Mail, um, Herald Mail, 
Boonesboro participated in that tournament down there, and Boonesboro ended up playing wrestling against like Liberty and some Howard County teams, Longreach. So it wasn't that the tournament was canceled; it's Middletown had to drop it. So yeah, that, that's disappointing on a couple Unfortunate. fronts. Yeah, disappointing on a couple fronts, I think. You want to get into analysis? Yeah, let's start breaking down the few games we actually had this week. Boys swimming and diving on Thursday the twenty seventh. Um, very solid victory for Middletown boys swimming and diving over Brunswick. Um, we had some good PRs. Frankie Lebers, is that correct? Frankie Lebers, do you know how to pronounce it? I'm assuming it's Leb Lebers or Lebers. Okay. I said the same thing there, so yeah, Lebers. <laughs> okay. Frankie Lebers, Frankie, if you're listening, you can correct me. Um, he dropped a 6.20 in the 200-yard free. Gavin White dropped a 4.82 in the 200 free as well. Freddie Coleus dropped a 1.70 in the 200-yard IM. And Seth Giese dropped a 1.45 in the 100-yard fly. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of good PRs there. We had talked earlier in the week about just because of the lack of kids that Brunswick has on the team and the lack of depth, how Middletown was going to win this meet. So the focus was more on just getting good times and then trying to PR and stuff like that. And for the most part, they did. Most impressive there, obviously, Frankie Lebhurst cutting off 6.2 in the 200-yard uh, freestyle. Same with Gavin White dropping 4.82. So, yeah, some good results, some good PRs there, which is, again, what I think you had to take from this meet if you're the boys' side for Middletown. Moving on to girls swimming and diving. They also had... Very solid victory over Brunswick and the PRs for them. You want to hit us with that, Ben? Yeah, so Kayla Hodor dropped 3.43 seconds in the 200-yard free. In the 200-yard IM, Heidi Tomlin cut 1.08 seconds off her time. And in the 100-yard fly, she cut 1.58 seconds off her time. Some big drops in the 500-yard freestyle. McKenna Bonney cut almost 8 seconds off her best time. And Brianna Remsburg cut 4 seconds off her best time. Catherine Cross dropped uh, three and a half seconds off her best time in the 100-yard breast. And Ava Hartner did her one better, dropped 3.68 seconds off her time in the 100-yard breaststroke. So, again, kind of the same thing with girls that it was for boys. We knew Bruns- we knew Middletown was going to beat Brunswick. So, again, in, that, in, a, in meets like that, the focus just kind of becomes swimming good, getting PRs and stuff like that. And for the most part, it felt like the Knights did that, and they did what they needed to do. Yep. Very solid wins for both boys and girls swimming and diving. Moving into boys basketball. That uh, was a tough one. <laughs> a tough, Another tough game for them. You know, like we said on our episode on Thursday, TJ's a basketball school, and they showed that. Governor Thomas Johnson had some dudes. Like, in my spare time, not Middletown stuff, I help out at Hood College with their basketball teams. And Governor Thomas Johnson had some guys who uh, Samuel Larby, one of them, Billy Coglin, another one, who looked like they could fit in right now at the D3 level. Size-wise, how strong they were, their game, all, all facets of it. They looked like they could fit in at the D3 level right now. So, yeah, it, it, it was a tough one for Middletown. I mean, no one wants to lose by 51 points, but it happens sometimes, and you just pick up the pieces and move on. And TJ really wanted to beat us, too. Yeah, I mean, TJ ran us into the ground. They ran at Diamond Press the whole first half. 
and even some in the second half. Even though they were up by close to 35, they still ran that diamond press. And, yeah, I think it was frustrating for everyone because, you know, obviously no one wants to lose by that much. And then kind of having it taken to you like that is, is no fun for anyone. So, I mean, that's kind of a nuts and bolts of it. Girls basketball. Um, very good win for the girls. Picked up the win over TJ at TJ. A very balanced win too, I would mm-hmm. say. And we're seeing that consistency like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously they've had to kind of pick up the pieces. Uh, not pick up the pieces, but fill some holes now that Julia Harris has been on the bench injured and we've talked about it a little bit. But just, you know, looking at the box score, you have across the board, you have help. You know, you have Bree Horman who had nine. You have Riley Nelson, who maybe not scoring as much, but in steals and assists, rebounds, she was above five in all three of those categories. So doing a really good job distributing the ball, filling in. Uh, Catherine DeGrange, Kylie Colby did a nice job on the boards, as always. So, yeah, you're starting to see a little bit of consistency there. And I think, again, the most impressive thing is the balance of the scoring and the production. They're getting good looks. The sets they run are getting good looks consistently. So, yeah, I, I think it's just... Again, the production and the consistency is what the most exciting thing is for girls basketball right now. You want to get into team analysis here? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, just kind of break down, I guess, what, I don't know, not what the future looks like, but kind of how each week went, ooh, that was not English, how each week went for each team and what needs to be done. Boys basketball. So the positives out of this week, even though they went, 0-2. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest positive is how competitive they were against Boonesboro. You know, we talked about last episode, but you have a team in Boonesboro who came in and kind of poured it on you last time, beat you by 25. And this time, you went up there, gave them a game, had it 71-68 in the final minutes, had an inbounds play, chalked up, just couldn't get a look from it, ended up having to foul, put Boonesboro the line, and they finished it there. But Boonesboro's a good team. They can shoot. We saw that. And so I think for the boys, just continuing to improve on some of their second, continuing to improve with their second results in the round robin once the first results are done. And the other thing I'll say is, you know, very bright spots. Jake Brandenburg has been really good on the inside all season long. He was out for a little bit, but back now, um, in regards to the other guys, at times, Jonathan Richards has kind of stepped up this year. Defensively, he's stepped up. He's stepped up at times with a ball. Worked himself now into a regular starter, which is a good thing. Obviously, with him being a junior next year, some of the younger guys shown a lot of promise. Braden Beard, Jackson Polanski, Brett Lucas, guys like that. So, yeah, there's there's bright spots for a boys basketball team right now. Yeah, they're showing that they're showing their improvement, especially playing Boonesboro and keeping it that close compared to their first time around playing yeah. them at home. Like you said, and uh, Boonesboro kind of worked us the first time around and being, being able to keep it as close as we did the second time around has shown that um adjustments have been made and people have stepped up yeah i mean again like people across the county who haven't been to a middle town game will just look at the record and be like oh they're not good i dispute that notion obviously the record isn't i don't think the record is reflective of the body of work right now and you have to remember that the teams we've played in our non-conference schedule are not easy teams to play against you know and it's 
in at least within our division. You know, Brunswick VR Knight play against Maryland School for the Deaf. We're playing against Tuscarora and Frederick. And there's a big difference quality-wise between Maryland School for the Deaf and Tuscarora or Frederick. Those are two very different teams. So the non-conference schedule hasn't been easy, which is a, it's not a bad thing, but I don't think the record is really reflective of the performance of boys' basketball right now. Agreed. Moving into girls' basketball. You want to take that, Ben? Yeah, I mean, we this is going to be kind of a recurring thing for us as we head down the stretch run here. Everyone held serve in the CMC Gamble Division race. Um, Middletown and Catoctin both won on Tuesday. Middletown against Boonesboro. Catoctin against Smithsburg. Then Williamsport played Boonesboro yesterday. And Williamsport won by 12 there, 55 by 12, by 18. 55-37. And so everyone has held serve in that Gamble Division race. So nothing's really changed. No, no. The only thing that changed were people's records. So now yeah. Catoctin's up to 7-1 and one instead of 6-1 and one at the start of the week. Williamsport now up to 5-1 and one instead of 4-1 and one at the start of the week. Middletown is up to 6-2 and two instead of 5-2 at the start of the week. So the only thing that's changed is people's record. Everyone just went up one and... It was a good week for Middletown. Again, anytime you're winning games that you need to win to get there, you're doing what you need to do. So, Yeah, and it says that Catoctin has two conference games this week, one on Tuesday versus Brunswick and the other one on Friday versus Boonesboro. And Williamsport has two conference games, one on Tuesday versus Smithsburg and one on Friday at Walkersville. And then in addition to a non-conference game versus Clear Spring on Wednesday. And then... Middletown has one conference game at Brunswick on Friday and a non-conference game versus Winters Mill on Tuesday. So I will say this. I think the schedule set up for this week at least benefits Middletown a lot because they have a non-conference game Tuesday against Winters Mill. Then they have two days off, and then they play Brunswick on Friday. Now, Brunswick is away, but if your Catoctin's got two conference games, Williamsport has three games in a week. And because of that, that one on Friday at Walkersville, I think, kind of becomes maybe a little bit of a trap game for Williamsport. Walkersville's not bad. I think Walkersville could pull something there. And that's what you really need if you're Middletown, is you need teams to start eliminating themselves. Because if you hold serve, that's fine, but you're in a position where you need help. You need Catoctin to pick up at least one more loss, and you need Williamsport to pick up at least one more loss. Now you play Williamsport again, so you can handle business fair. You'd really like Catoctin to either lose to Brunswick on Tuesday or Boonesboro on Friday. With those two games being at home and the quality of those two teams, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Catoctin. Yeah, will, neither do I. I think Catoctin will run two and zero for that week. Um, I'll be more interested. I'll be more interested to see how the Catoctin Williamsport game goes when they play in early February. But so for now, yeah, I mean, just kind of hoping that teams will make the mistakes on their own. Moving into boys swimming and diving. So, um, obviously, like we've mentioned in the past, I'm a part of the boys swimming and diving team. We have our final regular season meet tomorrow on Monday, January 31st, against Governor Thomas Johnson. And I'm interested to see what that looks like. I don't really know a whole lot about TJ's team, but I feel like... I feel like we can compete with them because we haven't haven't heard that much. But I feel like since they're a bigger school than us, that they're going to have 
some kids that are going to be able to compete with our top swimmers as well. And all I all I know is um, compared to last week's two meets, we need to clean up our DQs a little bit, and we'll be we'll be fine. Obviously, Monday was a lot worse than Thursday, with yeah. having our six DQs against Walkersville, and then on Thursday we only had one, and definitely cleaned up. I mean, definitely cleaned up a lot. But th- I'll talk about the one DQ later because I was kind of involved in that. Um, I, I mean. I think the biggest thing for you guys would be nice to get your overall record once the season ends over 500 because you're three and three right now. The finish four and three, we've talked about. There's just something nice about having more wins than losses and being able to look on the schedule or the record and see that. Yeah, I would also agree with that. Having a being over 500 going into the county meet would take, I wouldn't say take, but would be very nice compared yeah. to you know three and four. And you guys also have a long layoff after Monday because yeah, counties aren't until next Friday. Well, Friday's diving mm-hmm. and then Saturday's swimming. Yes. So you guys almost have two weeks off. Yeah, two, a little under two weeks. It, it, do you think that's something that'll affect you guys, either the boys or the girls? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I feel like it could, but again, I feel like it couldn't because it gives us more time to prepare. Yeah. And like, if we see if there's more DQs on Monday against Governor Thomas Thompson, we'll know that we're really gonna have to work on um, starting off the blocks and doing relay starts um, in the, the two week time period that we have. For girls, it it goes the same way for them, but um, I feel like you know having a little break from meets and competing might hurt us a little bit. But we might do some time trial stuff in practice, and that might help. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing I think is, you know, it gives you gives the coaching staff a little bit more time to solidify what their lineups are going to look yeah, like for that, counties. Cause I was also going to mention that. Counties, you know, you can't just run whoever you want in counties. you got to kind of put together what you want your lineup to look like the rest of the way. So, yeah, I think counties will be interesting. I love counties. I've said that before a million times. I love counties. So Yeah, I'm excited for counties and what Ben has told me what it's going to be like. Excited to experience it for the first time. Love, love the concessions at counties. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. Moving into girls swimming and diving, um, I think they, they can pull out the W against mm-hmm. TJ. I mean, they're a lot more well-rounded than the boys' team. They got, I don't know, I feel like they're a lot more consistent than the boys' team. Obviously, the boys' the boys team last year, we lost a lot of seniors who um, helped us bring in a lot of points. Not saying that nobody brings in points now, but yeah, no, I understand. We've there's been times where we've seen some struggle without our seniors that we had last year. The girls' record keeps getting better. I mean, they were, I think, one and two or two and two. I know they were two and two. I'm not sure if they were one and two before that, but now all of a sudden they're four and two, a one away from going five and two in their seven meets. I mean, that's about as much as you can hope for. And their two losses have been relatively close as well. So, yeah. I think they they're gonna be able to, you know, compete a lot or just compete very well in the county meet. Mm-hmm. I think they'll take some people by surprise. No, I, I agree hundred percent. Moving into alumni results and the alumni schedule till our next episode. Getting into results here on Friday the twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so Chris Burgenson, Grayson Whitesell, and Hood's Mendor Indoor Track and Field Team, which they're on, 
We're down at Maryland Eastern Shore for the Eastern Shore Invitational. On day number one, Burgenson and Whitesell did not run. Um, Kayla Dollhouse and Shippensburg Women's Indoor Track and Field were at day one of the Bison Open and Multi up at Bucknell on Friday. Uh, Kayla did not run on day number one. Jake Stafford and Lehigh Men's Swimming and Diving were up in upstate New York against Army. Lehigh lost that one 194.5 to 94.5. Stafford swam exhibition in the 100-yard breast, 100-yard fly, and 4x100 freestyle relay. He did compete officially in the 200-yard breaststroke, picked up 7th with a time of 219.66. Then Danny Bertoni and Maryland Wrestling wrestled against Wisconsin Friday night. Tough one for the Terps. They lost 39-4. to uh, Bertoni lost his match at 141 pounds on a 6-4 decision to Joseph Zargo of the Badgers. And then Cam Farrow and York of Pennsylvania wrestled Johns Hopkins. Uh, the Spartans took down the Blue Jays 33-11. Cam picked up a pin at 347 in the 197-pound weight class against John Libby of Johns Hopkins. And then it was on to Saturday. On Saturday the 29th, Chris Bergenson, Grayson Whitesell, and Hood Men's Indoor Track. They were on day two at the Eastern Shore Invitational. Bergenson and Whitesell, again, did not run. And then Kayla Dollhouse and Shippensburg Women's Indoor Track and Field at the Bison Open and Multi. Dollhouse did not run again. Riley McDermott and Harvard's Harvard Men's Indoor Track and Field at the HYP meet. That was canceled. And then Brennan Straits and Lynchburg Men's Indoor Track and Field at the Steamer Showcase, Brennan took 12th in the 5,000-meter run with a time of 1524.63. We have no team score. And then Nellie Stafford and Allegheny Women's Indoor Track and Field, they were also at the Steamer Showcase. Stafford took 6th in the 800-meter run with a time of 225.35. She also picked up 9th place as part of the 4x400 relay with a time of 432.70. Then finishing out Saturday, uh, Kayla Dollhouse. And Shippensburg, they split it between two different events. Uh, they were also at the Sykes-Sabach Challenge Cup in at Penn State University. Dollhouse did not run in that one either. No team scores in that event. Cam Farrell and York of Pennsylvania Wrestling, they were supposed to have a quad match that turned into a tri-match. Uh, first part of a quad match, well, the quad match that became a tri-match on the schedule. York beat Gettysburg 37-12. to The Spartans picking up a win against the Bullets. Farrow picked up another pin. At 1 minute and 31 seconds against Brendan Loader of Gettysburg, wrestling at 197 pounds. Then what was supposed to be the second part of their quad match versus Camden Community College got canceled. But in the third part of it, they wrestled against Penn State Mont Alto, and the Spartans beat the Nittany Lions 45-6. to Cam Farrow, wrestling at 197 pounds, picked up a pin in 11 seconds, which is a lightning fast pin Dang. especially at the college level he wrestled against kyle davis of mont alto there so this weekend for cam farrow up at york three of three in pins hey he's picked, racking in the pins man picked up 18 points in all of his matches and then luke i guess you can finish up what a uh, saturday looked like for the rest of our athletes with megan shipley and then megan shipley and shepherd's women's basketball they had a game versus lock haven shepherd won 78 to 50 megan started she played 17 minutes she had two points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Mark Miller in South Carolina, Aiken Women's Basketball versus North Georgia. North Georgia, sorry. Pacers lost 74-52, and the Pacers fall to 3-6 and six in the conference. And just to be clear here, Mark Miller is 
a coach yes. of South Carolina Inc. and Women's yep. Basketball. Same with Megan Jebbia. And then Megan Jebbia, also a coach of America Women's Basketball. They had a game versus Navy. American won 69-60, to and the Eagles bump up to 5-3 and in the Patriot League. And then Melanie Pick, she's a player. She plays for Bridgewater Women's Basketball. They had a game at Roan- Roanoke. Bridgewater lost 59-56. to Melanie started. She played 36 minutes. She had 4 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. And then Cam Farrow and York of Pennsylvania Wrestling. Oh, my bad. Ben yep. already mentioned this, yep. oh. uh, like he said earlier. York won, and Cam had his lightning fast pin at 11 seconds. So that finishes off Saturday. And then today... Danny Bertoni and yes. Maryland Wrestling are at home down in College Park versus number 4 Michigan. Um, that's actually going on right now as we speak. Bertoni is scheduled to wrestle at 141, but he hasn't gone off yet. They start at 165, so his match will actually be second last. Currently, the, the Michigan Wolverines are leading 32 to nothing. So not the best one there. Once we find out a result for Bertoni, we'll share it with you uh, next time around. Moving into our schedule until next episode. For for the alumni. For the alumni, yes. yes. The alumni schedule until next episode. So tomorrow, Monday, January 31st, at 5.30 p.m., Megan Shipley and Shepherds Women's Basketball. They have a game versus Westchester. And then at 7 p.m., Melanie Pick and Bridgewater Women's Basketball they have a game at Hollis, which was postponed from January the 8th. Then, kicking off February on Tuesday, February the 1st, 2022, at 6 p.m., Megan Jebbia and her American Women's Basketball Squad, they have a game at Lafayette. Yes. And now, that ends the alumni schedule, the alumni results, all that stuff. So now we get to do our interview, which we're really looking forward to. Um, do we want to share who it is? Should we? Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Yes, we are going to be interviewing Chad Hoy. Um, He's a football player here at Middletown. He's a heavyweight wrestler here at Middletown. So that should be coming up shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Midnight Podcast, episode number nine of a pod. And today we have our third interview and our special guest. He is a member of a football team at Middletown, a heavyweight wrestler during the winter. We are joined by Chad Hoy. Chad, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Um, so let's just get right into this. Talking about the wrestling season, how do you feel your guys' season has gone so far? Um, what are you encouraged by? What are you looking forward to? Uh, I guess with a postseason run coming up, just kind of give us a brief recap of where you think you are and that sort of thing. So far, I think we've done really well as a team. I'm excited for uh, uh, duels, regional duels to be coming up soon. Um, I think we have a good opportunity to, to go pretty far. We just beat... Um, Boonesboro, who of course was ranked, can't remember exactly, but they were ranked top 10 in the state, um, and beating them pushed us up to 8th. So I think we have a really good shot at going far as a team this year. Okay, so it seems like every time we we talk about here on the podcast, it seems like the anchor of the team is really the back end of a rotation with the heavyweights, guys like Aiden, guys like yourself, Russell Endicott, even Kieran Hofkesang. How important is it for you guys, like, do you guys kind of try and set the tone as heavyweights or is it just something where you think it kind of worked out that way i think it just kind of worked out that way um it just so happens all of our seniors and the older guys who've been on the team a while are on the the uh are at the heavier weights um 
and it's just important for us to be leading everybody in practice and cheering everybody on. You know, we have a lot of guys this year, especially, that are new to the team. Uh, we have a lot of first years and second years that were never here before and have never wrestled before. And of course, uh, we don't have many seniors this year. We only have four, one of them being brand new himself. So, Chad, I guess, how special was the senior night for you? Obviously, you know, you've gone through the pandemic and having a season kind of cut short and altered because of COVID. So how special was it for you to have that senior night? Um, it was definitely special, and uh, especially knowing that or thinking that it may not happen, you know, because we had no clue whether the season would even continue with COVID and everything. Um, and it, it's kind of weird looking at the rest of the team and looking at everybody and realizing you'll never get to see those guys again, um, at least not on a team like that. It was the same thing with football, you know. Um, I remember a couple years ago how it was watching all the seniors leave when I was a sophomore, when I was a junior, and knowing, you know, they're going on to other things. And now just the same thing for me, I guess. You know, I'm, we're all moving on as seniors, and it's just weird knowing that we're never, we'll never get to experience that again. Okay, so I have to ask, what's it like not only having your brother – on the football team with you, but also having him on the wrestling team with you? Um, it is it is cool. It's fun sometimes uh, just having two Hoys on the team together. I think there's a coolness factor to it. Now, I assume because he's your little brother, he definitely has to get on your nerves every now and then, right? More than every now and then. <laughs> every practice, every second, in the locker room, all the time. But now that- that's what little brothers are for, right? I mean, that's kind of what, I, you know, I'm an older brother, so I've experienced that. I feel like that's what just what little brothers do, you know, they get on your nerves, kind of. But it's got to be interesting to have that in, like, a team format. It's interesting, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so the other thing I have to ask, I feel like it's something you've kind of become somewhat famous for if people have seen you at wrestling meets and wrestling matches is the wearing of a cowboy hat. Tell us a little bit more about that, the wearing of a cowboy hat. You know, everybody asks that, and I guess there's really not much to tell. Um, sophomore year football season, uh, I don't know exactly who started wearing it first, but um, I just mentioned that, you know, it might be kind of intimidating or, or cool or whatever. So um, I said everybody should start wearing a cowboy hat, and then we all did. Um, then wrestling season started, and I kept wearing it. And then the next football season started, and I kept wearing it, and that was it. So now it, it, it's funny that you mention it because obviously a cowboy hat is a staple of a bunch of places, but obviously Texas. Back in 2018, uh, Ethan Joseph, when he was on the football team, they did the Texas Forever Friday Night Lights. Have you ever watched Friday Night Lights? Like, did that is that where it came from? Or I have seen it. Um, no, that wasn't where it came from. It just it just started for no reason, really. We just joked about it, and then it it happened. Okay, so. I have to ask, obviously, you're a two-sport athlete, football in the fall, wrestling in the winter. What are the differences between the two? Is there one thing you like about one that maybe the other doesn't have? Or I guess how do you view each of those sports? Football, to me, I feel like has a lot more of a, a uh, sort of team bonding aspect um, because even though wrestling is a team sport, um, there, there's also, you know, everybody cares about how they do individually. Everybody wants to win states individually. With football, it's all team. And uh, I guess when you win a football game, you're proud of your team. You're proud of what you, you did and all that. But when you win a wrestling match, it's completely different. When you go out on the wrestling mat, it's you and the one other guy. You shake hands, and it's just you two going at it. So it's just a whole different feeling. When you win a wrestling match, you know you did that. 
that was all you and it's just it's a lot more satisfying to me so then in regards to obviously the differences between the two sports is that nice for you that you kind of get the team heavier aspect with football and then the man-on-man is it nice to kind of get like a best of both worlds from each of the two sports it is definitely um you know going right from football into wrestling having the two it's it's nice a little change up you know and I guess another question is, what does your future athletically look like college-wise? Are you committed? Do you have an idea of where you want to go? I'm not committed yet. Um, I do have a couple ideas, but uh, all I really know is I, I want to keep wrestling in college. Um, I don't know where, but I just know I want to do it. How important is it, do you think, to kind of wrestling in college knowing you'll represent Middletown and represent the community where you came from and the school you graduated from how important is that for you definitely very important you know I wouldn't want to go anywhere and make a a bad name for Middletown or for the team or the coaches or anything like that all right well Chad thank you so much for the interview today we really enjoyed having you on um and you're welcome back anytime thank you thanks for having me all right ladies and gentlemen that was Chad Hoy we'll be back with our wrap-up here on the Midnight Podcast Getting into the wrap-up here, so records that have changed. Hit us, Ben. Varsity Boys Basketball, now 4-10 and overall, but still 4-4 in the CMC Gamera, which is respectable. Uh, Varsity Girls Basketball, they're up to 12-4 and overall, 6-2 and in the CMC Gamble division. And then boys swimming and diving and girls swimming and diving. Boys are 3-3 three and three overall, 2-1 and one in the CMC Gamble. Girls are 4-2, and 3-0 and oh in the CMC Gamble. And that CMC Gamble record is final as they've swam against all three of the CMC Gamble teams, that being Walkersville, Brunswick, and Catoctin. Very nice. Schedule till the next episode, which always subject to change, but we will... I'm pretty confident in our abilities this week to have it out. Yes, we're going to record it Tuesday night, publish it Wednesday. That's yes. the plan. She'll be out Wednesday, February 2nd, our at first episode of February. Ooh, at the crack of dawn. Yes. All right. So the schedule till next episode. So tomorrow, Monday, January 31st, 2022, at 6 p.m., boys and girls swimming and diving, we have our last home meet versus Governor Thomas Johnson, which was postponed from January the 20th because of snow. So it's happening tomorrow, January 31st, Monday, at 6 p.m. And then Tuesday, February 1st, at 5 p.m., Junior Varsity Boys Basketball play Winters Mill at Winters Mill at 5.30 p.m. Junior Varsity Girls Basketball play here at Rod Angle Court versus Winters Mill at 6.30 p.m. Varsity Boys Basketball play Winters Mill at Winters Mill. And then at 7 p.m. here at Rod Angle Court, Varsity Girls Basketball have a game versus Winters Mill. The time's kind of confusing me there. Yeah, that's a Carroll County thing where they do everything a half an hour earlier than we do. So as we start our JV Varsity Doubleheaders 537, they start pairs 5 to 630. So it's a little strange, but yeah. That's how Carroll County does it. That's how Carroll County roll. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that does it for Episode 9 of the Midnight Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You got anything else, Ben? No. Uh, we will talk to you guys again Wednesday morning. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we're signing out. Adios.